This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so do enjoy those on us. And it is a brand new website, by the way. We've been consistently squashing some of the bugs that have been popping up here and there over time. Mark, you caught one on the affiliates page today where it wasn't sorting, uh, but now that's fixed. And so our our team is on the job. If you spot any bugs at uh, freetalklive.com, please just go to bugs.freetalklive.com and post a message reporting it. It'd be much yep. appreciated. The new website's very exciting because uh, anybody can go there and put a news item up and then people can vote it up or vote it down as to what yep. we sort of talk about on the air. And uh, you know, we're still we still got the training wheels on on it, but uh, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be great, and I think it's gonna drive a lot of people to the site, and I think that once they uh, experience it, they're gonna really enjoy it. I hope so, uh, and th- we're gonna continue here and take your phone calls about anything. Of course, just wanted to mention that it is still in beta, and appreciate all of your help uh, reporting the bugs. So last night I mentioned that there was some good news out of Montana, and I like to give good news when we come across it. It's hard to come across good news these days, as far as from a liberty perspective, because, well, the state continues getting larger and more intrusive and more oppressive uh, over time, wherever there is something worth talking about, we'll do it. Helena, Montana, according to the Associated Press, the state Supreme Court said Thursday that nothing in state law prevents patients from seeking physician-assisted suicide, making Montana the third state that will allow the procedure. Patients and doctors had been waiting for the state's high court to step in after a lower court decided a year ago that constitutional rights to privacy and dignity protect the right to die. The Montana Supreme Court opinion will now give doctors in the state the freedom to prescribe the necessary drugs to mentally competent, terminally ill patients without fear of being prosecuted, said advocates. Steve Johnson, a 72-year-old Helena cancer patient, welcomed the decision, saying he has talked with his doctor about ending his life. I'm very concerned about the intense pain and loss of dignity, the lifelong rancher and veterinarian said at a news conference at the Capitol. I've accepted my death, and I approach the end of my life with a clear mind. The Supreme Court decided not to determine whether the Montana Constitution guarantees the right to assisted suicide. Instead, it said nothing in state law or the court's precedent indicated that it was against public policy and pointed to laws giving patients rights to make crucial decisions as a justification for legalizing the assistance. Oregon and Washington State allow assisted suicides for terminally ill patients, with Oregon adopting the nation's first death with dignity law in 1997. So this is kind of an interesting decision in that it's basically the Supreme Court in Montana saying, well, there's nothing that should stop. There's nothing we're going to do that will stop you. They didn't pass a law specifically saying you can do this. It's just. There is no law preventing you from doing it. Our agents are going to leave you alone. If this is what you and your doctor decide that you want to do, we're going to stay out of it. And isn't that what government should do? Is Stay the hell out of your personal decisions and your personal life and your business life and stay the hell out? Uh, Montana definitely uh, deserves some appreciation for this one. This is a great decision. I agree. I mean, I'm amazed, but I agree. I agree. Now, I know that there's been a proposal of something similar here in New Hampshire, but I think it might actually involve creating a law. But how cool is it that they can just have assisted suicide without having to have a law to go along with it? 
Anyway, I just wanted to share well, that with you. I mean, they the reason they don't have to have a law to go along with it is that the highest court in the state of Montana said that they don't. So it's kind of like I mean, creating law when well, they say I mean, that? It's, it's creating case precedent? law, which is it's pretty close. And I think that I can understand why people would want a law passed or a Supreme Court to give a ruling on this issue because— Because they're scared. Right. And if you're a doctor, could it be considered malpractice if you're assisting you know, in this procedure— I, I think it creates, you know, a lot of gray areas, even if the, the courts kind of say, we'll leave you alone. But unless they make a ruling saying, no, there's no law against assisted suicide and make a clear cut ruling showing that you're not going to be gone after for assisting it with mm-hmm. this. I can understand why doctors wouldn't want to risk their licenses in a possible jail term. Over Absolutely. This. Yeah, people people are frightened of what the, the consequences might be and. Now they can do it safely, and so people that want to get uh, themselves assisted to die can now just fly to Montana instead of having to go all the way over to the uh, the West Coast if they're coming from the East Coast. Hopefully, New Hampshire will be the first state on the East Coast to uh, to legalize the practice because oh. it makes sense. Why would anybody be against one being able to end one's own life? Well, I've heard some of the reasons. What are some of the reasons? I would like to know. Only God gets to decide when you get to die. <laughs> That's one of the most common objections ludicrous good old god and even if you're you know the rest of your life the next two months three months whatever time you may have left if you're terminally ill with say cancer some people will make the argument that it's still improper for you to take your own life because human life is that valuable and suffering through vomiting and and wasting away is better than killing yourself and and not so dealing absurd with which well, I, think is, pe- I, people- I think it's absurd, but those are some of the arguments I've heard made. Are there people that say that and are not religious? Because it seems to be kind of a religious-based thing. Like the first one you mentioned with the, oh, God says you need to you know, suffer, basically. Oh, I've heard people not that liking the idea. For- okay. I've, I've heard people not liking the idea of physicians having the power to kill. Yeah. Not liking the idea of it, right? I'm sure there's concerns. There. I'm sure there are secular arguments against it, and I'm sure that there are secular people, people who wouldn't consider themselves religious, mm-hmm. who object to the idea of assisted suicide or suicide period, even to relieve suffering. But I don't think there's many of them. I think most yeah. of the arguments are moralist arguments. They're very deeply, deeply flawed morals at the basis of those arguments, or religious arguments. So I. I think that's generally where people are coming from when they say, no, you shouldn't be able to, to to decide to end your own life. Are you out there tonight, those of you that think that one should not be able to decide to end one's own life, would love to hear from you. Why do you believe that? 800-259-9231. Yeah, I, I think it it's one of those issues that really cuts to the core of whether somebody believes that individuals own themselves or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Whether it's actually your life or... Or whether you're, you you know you're just kind of taking care of that body that you happen to have for God or for the state or for whoever else it is that really owns. But if you. you're taking care of it for God, you're not really taking care of it for God. You're taking care of care of it for the person's interpretation who is going to be right. interpreting what God's word is. Because God unfortunately hasn't been real clear, at least not to my understanding, as to what His word is, and therefore, um, you know, it, it's it's essentially up to in this case, the majority or the loud, lo- loudest, nastiest, most lobbying minority, whatever, as to what God's word is. And that's not where I want God's word to be, because if that's the way it was, Christianity well, would have never existed in the first place because they were a minority religion at one point. Yeah, I, I'm sure there are people out there who consider themselves Christians who are 
okay with this practice, who sure. would think that it's perfectly acceptable for somebody who's you know, dying of a terminal illness that's probably very painful for them to end their own life. What would Jesus do? I mean, would Jesus demand that somebody uh, stay in pain and he suffering? He would heal them. Well, he, he could, or maybe he'd put them out. I, I don't see any evidence of that. No? No. Well, how do you know? Because I've read the Bible. Oh, okay. And you asked what Jesus did. <laughs> but even if somebody is like really, really old, Jesus would heal them because they're just going to break themselves again like, when God, they walk dude, out the room. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He did let a lot of people die. I mean, he, he did save, cure some lepers, according to the biblical account. And there's probably some people he arguably saved, but there were a lot of other people who were sick, one could assume, at the same time period, who he did nothing to help. So Right, they didn't write those he, down. He might just do nothing. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. I just think it's so sad that here we are in the 21st century, and only three, (laughs) three out of 50 states uh, allow legal suicide. It's just ludicrous that, that people have to, at the end of their life, or maybe even in the middle of their life, or when they're young, if they have a terminal illness, be subjected to who knows how much suffering. How much effort does one have to put in in order to save one's own life? Is it also against God to not go to the doctor? Some people believe that going to the doctor is against God. Some people believe that uh, going and, and taking their kids, for instance, to the medical system or getting eyeglasses for their kids is also against God because, well, if God wanted them to see, he would fix their vision. Right? I mean, there are religious people that believe that, too. Indeed. 1-800-259-9231. So why aren't they all upset at everybody else who is going to uh, going to see doctors for various different reasons? I guess there aren't enough of religious people like that, I suppose. Most religious people use the system, but anyway, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're going to jump into your calls here shortly, 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all completely free. They include our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Looking to buy some gold and or silver? Well, you can find them, and pretty darn good prices, too, over at gold.freetalklive.com. They've been selected uh, to make it easy. That way you don't have to decide between hundreds of different pieces, there are maybe five choices there. I recently ordered some of the Lakota silver pieces. They're one-ounce silver pieces, and they're very, very nice uh, from over there at gold.freetalklive.com. So it's a great way to get the gold and silver that you're looking for and also help Free Talk Live out at the same time. Gold.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, we go, starting with Jim in Illinois. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with you, Nick and Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing great, Jim. What's on your mind? Well, uh, got caught this afternoon um, disobeying a victim victimless or committing a victimless crime here in Illinois. What happened? Well, I uh, cop. Or I'm sorry, the revenue enforcement officer uh, says he clocked me doing fifty in a thirty zone. Hmm. And uh, got a couple of questions on on this. First of all, I was looking at the ticket, and the 
it says that he clocked me doing exactly 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Mm-hmm. Back of the ticket says that any tickets, that's, all tickets are $75 unless you were doing over 20 miles an hour, in which case it's 95 Got it. Now, how much do you think I'm going to be charging on that? I think I know the answer, but I just kind of want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, whatever it is beneath uh, 95 I mean, you said it was... Uh... Something I was doing over... exactly 20, and, uh, 20 over, but the back of the ticket says if you're doing over 20 an hour, then it gets charged at the higher rate. I'm going to I'm gonna venture a guess to say that they're going to charge me the 95. Well, then they, uh, they can't count. Yeah, I mean, if it's over 20, that means 21 and up. Unless it That's says 20 miles an about. hour over or higher. But if it yeah. says over 20 miles an hour above the posted speed limit, then you're all set, I would think. Yeah. Well, here's my other thought, is I'm, as you're aware, I live here in Illinois, uh, there's no activists, everything here is controlled by Big Brother, regardless of who you vote for, and um, so, you know, going to jail to protest this thing is not an option, right. <laughs> coupled with the fact that uh, there's going to be some layoffs at my company here pretty soon. Um, what ideas do you have to do anything about this? I'd take it to traffic court. Yeah, you could take it to court, tie up the system a little bit. Uh, what kind of consequences does that entail? Some places they'll try to get you to pay the fine up front in order to take things to trial. Do you know? Well, here's the thing. I called last week about uh, court costs for my wife's accident. And oh, they dropped right. her ticket, but uh, she had to pay the 235 <laughs> Yeah, and you, you broke down the court costs for us, and there's all kinds of absurdities in there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they'd probably charge me with that, too. In addition to the ticket, I doubt that this uh, ticket would be wiped off the record. Yeah, you're pretty much screwed living in Illinois. I'm, I don't know if there's anything you can do. The only thing I could think of is be paying the $75 in singles. It's something. And if they uh, decide to go ahead and charge me the extra 20 or the 90 or charge me the 20 over and above that, paying the rest of it in nickels. <laughs> I mean, well, is that more points on your license, though, if you get, I mean, just looking at it from the perspective of dollars and cents, is it more points on your license if you are if you get a ticket for going more than 20 miles an hour over the posted speed limit? Because that could affect what you're paying in insurance as well. Yeah, here's the thing. I, do, I honestly don't understand the points, uh, what the point system here is in Illinois, because the last time I got a ticket, if I'm not mistaken, we didn't have a point system. So it's been it's been well over 15 years since I got my last ticket. Wow, that's pretty clear. You're yeah, a dangerous and, and man. The wouldn't, uh, wouldn't just uh, let me off with a warning either. By the way, no, of course not. But, um, I'm sorry. I said well, I meant revenue enforcement office. <laughs> well, the state needs revenue. You know, it's a it's a tough time for them too. So they've got to well, get it yeah, where they can. You know, the village of Bolingbrook needs my money more than I do. So apparently. I think yeah. that you've got an idea there with the paying in ones and paying in, in nickels for above 75. I think that's something. And if you really want to stir it up, bring in a video camera as you make the as you make the payment. Mm. That'll stir it up, all right. Yeah, that'll stir it up. Every, every courthouse here in Illinois has no video camera signs up outside. Really? <laughs> yeah. What are they scared of? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they're meeting with the Illuminati. They don't want them to get out to Alex Jones. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I wish there was a chance for you there out in uh, in Illinois, but it's like you said, there's no one around, right? I mean, who's no. who's out there supporting freedom? No, just me and probably a handful of people across the state. Yeah, we've got a handful it. of people scattered across the state. We got one. We've got one affiliate in Illinois, uh, Paris, Illinois. 
So maybe there's. Yeah, some... I be honest, I have no clue where Paris, Illinois is. I'm just outside Chicago. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know where yeah, it is and, either. It's somewhere in there. Yeah, but um, I've as I've, I've mentioned in the past, but of course you guys don't remember, but um, that uh, I am a member of the Free State Project. Oh, I signed early on, but uh, at this point I don't see myself getting out there for at the very least two years. Oh, that's you'll but, be surprised um, how fast two years ago, man. You get start getting plans uh, together because that's not very long. This is the, the one thing that was holding me back was money and not having the money to go. But something just happened recently that uh, will make that a non-issue in about two years. So it's great. Well, thank so, you, but, Jim, uh, and good luck. Let us know what uh, what you end up deciting and how it goes. All right. Hey, we'll do. And, hey, love the show, guys. Keep it up. I'm fighting to get you guys on an affiliate here in the Chicago area. Oh, so. that'd be great. Thanks so much for the call and sure uh, appreciate that effort. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Wes Bertrand recently over at uh, CompleteLiberty.com, one of our friendly competitors, if you will, uh, in the podcast realm. Great, great show, by the way. But Wes went out uh, with his camera with a couple of his friends, and they had a video camera. And we had told you about how he went out and they uh, – they where did they go the first time? The tax office, property tax office, where one of his friends was paying property taxes in all ones, uh, much like I did here in Keene. And now they've done another video where Wes goes to the DMV and begins to ask questions of them about morality and things like that. And they didn't like that very much. They called the cops on them, and I think it's they, Hot for Liberty is the, the YouTube channel. They were uncomfortable. Yes, even though the cop acknowledged that there is no law prohibiting video cameras in the um, various government offices around the state. The law enforcement officer, however, enforced the wishes of the bureaucrats. That's right, because, because they were that's uncomfortable. that's what they do. Yeah. Because even, that is what they do. Well, even though, as West rightfully pointed out, there are 10 cameras in the DMV pointed in all kinds of different directions. So apparently it's our cameras that make them uncomfortable, yes. not their cameras. Right. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they feel so like silly. they have some control over where their video goes. They do. They've got the men with the guns. And, and there was a whole gang of them that were called out for this, too. It was amazing. So you can see that. I think it's hot uh, YouTube channel Hot for Liberty. I'll double check that here in a moment. But 800-259-9231, we continue with Igor in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Igor. Igor, Hello. you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, actually, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but uh, there's currently a uh, resolution being debated in the House called H.R. 2221. It's with regards to uh, uh, data compromise and... The argument for this is is that by passing this, they're going to be able to make it uh, federal law that any company who has a... Uh, I'll tell you what, you'll have to, you'll have to uh, collect your thoughts. Tell us about it in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're free, including our chat room. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at chat. 
chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. And coming up, your phone calls about anything. Um, check out libertarianinternships.com if you're in college and, well, interested in production or journalism or state policy or public policy and in general. They have internships in uh, public policy organizations. Uh, it's a great opportunity to be a front li- on the front line this summer. Spend 10 weeks working at uh, SPN, the think tank on in state and local issues, influence legislation and analyze regulations at the state level. Help publish articles, editorials, or letters in state or local papers. The internship includes opening and closing career workshops in Washington, D.C. More than 45 organizations are available. Application deadline, January the 31st. It's uh, libertarianinternships.com. There's a stipend, housing allowance, uh, the whole deal. They, they, it's job, man. They pay you. Libertarianinternships.com. All right, so we're going to continue. Igor is on the line in Massachusetts. Now, I was trying to get a handle on what you were calling about, Igor, but I, I must say I'm in the dark still. So what's what's going on? Uh, Igor. Hello? You're on the air. What, uh, what were you calling about tonight? All right, well... So this uh, resolution that's uh, going through the House right now... Is this the Massachusetts do, in Massachusetts or the state level? Or the, uh, no, this federal, is at the federal level? Federal level. Federal level. Okay. At the federal level. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to dictate how businesses need to report uh, data breaches, security breaches, to any affected customers. Now, because their argument is that every since every state has different reporting requirements, that, this is, that they're going to be able to standardize this whole thing. And I think it's the stupidest thing ever because it increases the cost of doing business, primarily. It's How's like that? trying to – go ahead. How, how is it that it increases uh, the cost of doing business? Well, it would increase the cost of doing business because they're going to have to be stuck filling out all this uh, bureau, uh, bureaucratic paperwork and uh, whatever else the state decides to throw at them. It's kind of like uh, – what happens when we try to, to uh, regulate things like uh, uh, so-called monopolies, which really, in my opinion, don't exist, mm-hmm. and uh, they have all this uh, antitrust legislation? It, it's just, it's just really stupid. I mean, the way, the way it should be done is every business should have. I mean, obviously, they have an incentive to their customers to report anything like that because if they don't, they'll end up with a lot of unhappy customers if they You'd find think so. out later. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and uh, I, I just think it's 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 really stupid how they're trying to dictate how businesses need to run their business. I believe you actually said it. Uh, it wasn't yesterday. It must have been on Friday's episode. I caught it yesterday, though. It was. Uh, I I, th- I think you had asked uh, Ian about uh, should uh, government run your business for you. It was something like that. Well, clearly no. And that's what you're saying they're doing here is there are already different laws around the country as far as what – so, for instance, if a a company has their credit card uh, files broken into, then they're required by various different state governments to somehow tell their customers about that as though they wouldn't normally do it anyway. And how would the state find out whether or not they reported it in the first place? So it's still uh, incumbent upon the company to to do the right thing regardless of what the law says. Yeah, but there's really no way to enforce that that I can yeah. see. Well, you'd have to have somebody on the inside basically snitch out the company. So if, if a company yeah. had its files uh, yeah. broken into and it was aware of it and they decided to not report that, to not inform their customers that their credit card numbers might be in jeopardy, 
that uh, somebody would have to be on the inside of the company who would snitch him out to the state. And in the absence of the state, they would be able to, you know, release that publicly on a website or to, you know, a local television station or some sort of consumer advocacy group. There would be other alternatives to publicize such a a violation of, of trust, which is worth really what that is. Thanks, Igor, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. But either way, it requires the people inside the company to, to do what's right. And if they don't do what's right and word gets out about it, whether we're talking about a governmental situation or not, then the market will punish them. I mean, I've looked at the summary for this bill here, and it does look like it is going to mandate some things that would probably drive up the cost of business. Um, Anybody engaged in interstate commerce that has whatever they're defining here as personal information have to establish security policies and procedures. I'm sure most states are already requiring that, if not all of them, but... This, the feds could make it more onerous. They're also saying uh, the FTC would require a standard method or methods for destroying obsolete non-electronic data and a whole bunch of other things. I guess the FTC can conduct audits, which gives them access to everybody's personal information. You can so. pretty much guarantee that if the federal government's going to get into uh, creating regulations for your business, it's going to cost you more to do business. Let's talk more. to Anthony in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Anthony. Good afternoon. Can I bring up a topic that was left over from Friday? Sure. Uh, Saturday night, I recall your call. You called the very end of the show, and we were running out of time, and I invited you to call during the week, and you did. So thank you for that. Thank you. Well, it has to do with the definition of communism and what we're really dealing with here uh, in America, which is fascism. The, the three stages of communism were, were what? The 1917 uh, October Revolution... And then the, the dictatorship of the proletariat, but that turned out to be a dictatorship over the proletariat in the USSR. Yep. And finally, the withering of the state. Now, so two and three haven't happened there, and it has, it's certainly not happening here. What yeah, they're is never going to happen. Here, they're, huh? they're, they're never going to happen. I mean, nobody who takes over power is going to give it over to the proletariat. And at no point is the state ever going to wither when the state has power. I mean, why would anyone give up their job that pays them? Exactly. But I would uh, question this, uh, just the entire definition of of fascism. For one, um, there are plenty of things that are state-run around here. I mean, the state does own a portion of banks. It owns uh, insurance companies. It owns auto manufacturers. It certainly owns the post office. It's really a mix, Mark. It's a fascist-socialist mix. Right. That's socialism. That's not fascism. Fascism is the unholy alliance between the politicians, the state and the corporations, mm-hmm. where the corporations now have usurped uh, uh, control over the state, the politicians. It used to, it's, it's called inverted totalitarianism. It used to be the state over the corporations, but now it's the corporations over the state. And the state and the corporations are, besides fascist, imperialistic. What they do is they invade a country, they genocide the people, and they, and they uh, uh, extract the natural mineral resources. So what we're dealing with here is, is a very bad American shadow of genocide, of fascism plus imperialism, and it's, it's, it's genocidal. What do you think? 
I think that there's absolutely uh, fascism in America, and I think there's also absolutely socialism in America, and I think it's a mix, a very unique mix. I think of, you're going to have uh, a difficult time uh, convincing people of genocidal, uh, because you know when they think of that, they think of the systematic l- elimination of a particular race of people, and I don't think that the American military is about doing that. That basically what they're about doing is, is enforcing the will of the politicians and the and the corporations that own those politicians, as you say. However, they don't go systematically and kill every man, woman, they and child. They just happen to kill a lot of people. Well, let me put on my professor's hat and enlighten you. Uh, the, uh, the Palestinians are being genocided. The original Americans were genocided. The American Africans in the urban ghettos are being genocided. The Iraqis are being genocided. And now the Afghans, they don't forget about the Guatemalans. Um, well, I'd certainly agree with the, some of the older examples. Obviously, the Native Americans, I guess you could – that was an American genocide, and I don't see how you can call that right. anything but a systematic dis- extermination yeah, of, the, of the Indians in North America. Uh, as, you know, as far um, as as right. far as what's Blacks going on today, breeding pretty well. Um, uh, Guatemalans doing pretty good. Um, Afghanis, yeah, certainly there's a war going on, but systematic elimination, not so much. Well, they did to the Iraqis exactly what they did to the original Americans. They 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 actively cl- cleanse all the uh, not all the vast majority of the potent males. So now they've got a, a docile, weak, except for the uh, insurgents, uh, a populace, and that's 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 uh. It seems that, to me that we're splitting hairs over killing. I mean, there's a lot of killing going on. There's, there's no doubt about that there's a lot of killing going on, and I don't support any of it. I thank you for the call, Anthony. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231, inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, you like the fact that we give you all the features on the site for free, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, you can get your shopping done at amazon.freetalklive.com. And one of the things I don't think you can get at Amazon is the Totasac. You're going to have to go to totasac.com for that one, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. And if you hate making extra trips back into the home, uh, back out to the car to carry in more grocery bags, you need to know about the Totasec. You need to try it out. It's a handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States, designed to carry uh, to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to totasec.com, get yourself a family pack today, and if you're lucky tonight, I think we've got a two pack to give away. So stay tuned for that opportunity. Totasec. Carries more than you can, a lot more. Totasac.com. As we continue with your calls, we'll con- uh, we'll go to Lark, listening in Texas. Lark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you guys? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I was uh, uh, listening to uh, the uh, the uh, uh, discussion regarding the last caller, mm-hmm. and I, I have to ask: Are you are you all familiar with the term communitarianism or communitarian law? Uh, not not particularly, Nick, Mark. I've heard the term, I've, but I've I haven't heard, studied it deeply. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the term in relation, you know, in contrast to libertarianism or individualism, but I don't know it very well. Well, um, perhaps I can um, shed a little bit of light. I've been studying it now for four years. Okay. And um, um, uh, communitarian 
uh, law is actually the law of this country, and it has been for 25 or 30 years. It's uh, been hiding in plain sight. Um, the people that generally discuss it are people in uh, uh, think tanks, um, uh, quote-unquote policy circles, uh, upper academia, um, um, well, the definition offices. of communitarian is a member or supporter of a small cooperative or a collectivist community. Uh, that's yeah. not exact. Well, I mean, Wikipedia is giving a different uh, definition of the ideology here, which is for communitarianism as a group of related but distinct philosophies began in the 20th century, opposing exalted forms of individualism, not necessarily hostile to social liberalism or even social democracy. It emphasizes the need to balance individual rights and interests with that of the community as a whole. So a communitarian would believe that uh, people can have more rights if they get together. Is that the idea? Well, communitarians are collectivists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, George Bush uh, one and two are both communitarians. Newt Gingrich, Sarah Palin, uh, Mike Huckabee, uh, well, I, hear, I doubt they would admit it. I hear it. a lack of Democrats in what you're uh, mentioning. I, well, uh, it goes it goes further. Uh, Barack Obama's a communitarian. Both of the Clintons are communitarian. You pretty much have to be a collectivist to uh, be in the federal government, with the exception of Ron Paul, maybe. Well, it's um, here's uh, for the benefit of yourselves and your listeners. I mean, I'll tell you where I first started learning. I'm, I actually got my first education from a woman who lives in a Mongolian yurt in Alaska. And she's been researching this stuff for 10 years. Um, the key words that are relevant would be uh, anti-communitarian league. And they actually have an online book. Her and her daughter wrote this book called The Anti-Communitarian Manifesto. And it's divided in two parts. Part one is what is the Hegelian dialectic? And part two is the historical evolution of communitarian thinking. Okay. Um, well, I don't really care if somebody wants to be a communitarian, as long as I'm not forced into their uh, little commune. You, we are forced. That's yeah. my point. Well, I clearly mean, the government good... is using force on people. That's that's obvious. But it doesn't really matter to me what they uh, what they consider themselves. The issue to me is whether or not they're using force. No, I I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I was quite yeah. active uh, with the Ron Paul uh, campaign in mm-hmm. 2007 and 8 in my neck of the woods. But what I'm trying to clue you into is a is a fact. We're not talking conspiracy theory or conjecture. Uh, or, is this supposed uh, to be news? I mean, that uh, the people that run the federal government are collectivists? I mean, that seems like well, old no, news to me. Speci- it's a specific type of collectivism, and it is communitarian. Even Obama's first appointment to the Supreme Court is a communitarian. So what are you getting at? Are these people going to uh, identify themselves as communitarians? I mean, I, I don't know how valuable this term is to me, this communitarian term. I mean, I can, I can wander around the streets of uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and point out and say, that person's a communitarian, that person's a communitarian. I don't know that it does any good for me. I mean, I can call them Lilliputians, um, but it doesn't really matter. It, what matters is whether or not they're willing to use force or violence to get what they want. They don't identify themselves as communitarians, right? 
Well, actually, they do, and and yet many of them are actually just opportunist or unwitting dupes to the uh, overarching agenda. I think we can say this is true of most of our members, even in Congress, even in our state houses, uh, even in our courthouses. Yeah, I, I would think that most politicians lack any real kind of consistent and principled philosophical drive. They might talk about having a philosophy or principles, but most politicians will do whatever is politically expedient. So, so they, they can get power. Right. They can get power and they can hold on to power. You're absolutely right. And this is how they become useful tools to the uh, communitarians overarching agenda. Okay. But so I guess uh, here's what I want to know from you. I mean, it, you said it's not a conspiracy theory, but it certainly has taken on that tone as far as from where I'm sitting, from what I'm hearing. And that's probably I, I guess you're I have not to familiar. ask. What I, what I have to ask you is, what is the relevance of all this? Okay, so what you're saying is there are people who are communitarians that are puppet masters, and they are using uh, the lower-level politicians to their benefit to propagate their ideas of communitarianism or communitarianism, and then what? Well, let me let me try to be very succinct and clear. Great, because we're short on time. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm telling you for a fact that our government is communitarian, and it has been since so at least what? The early so, this is old news, dude. They, of course, look, it doesn't matter to me whether they're communitarian or, like you said, jujubes or whatever the heck the other word was that Mark used. Uh, I said Lilliputians. Yeah, I don't care. Lilliputians or their Bilderbergers or whatever the hell the uh, the well, their I, little club find, name is, me, or Illuminati me, or Masons or whatever. What matters is whether they're trying to hurt people, and the clear they, answer they, is yes, they, they are. are. Yes, of course they are. So, We've known that for a long time. So we must stop these Laputians. Right, so what is the relevance of this? I mean, are you trying to... Is, this is one of those things where somebody... Of, you're just basically trying to show everybody what you believe is behind the curtain as though that really has any kind well, of relevance to what we're going to do about it, right? Well, actually, I'm a futilitarian if I was to put a label of What's any that kind mean? on myself. What does that mean? A futilitarian is a person who is a non-believer of any beliefs. So, like a nihilist? No. We are nihilist a nihilist believes in nothing. And nihil, uh, uh, nothing is actually something in the same way that zero is something. <laughs> no, zero is nothing. So, you're a futilitarian <laughs> believing that human hopes are vain and human strivings unjustified. So, basically, you don't really care about the fact that there are uh, communitarians out there because, well, you have no hope, right? Actually, I wouldn't be calling your program if I uh, had the attitude that I didn't care. Uh, One who holds the view that human endeavor is futile? If no, you... that's not the definition. I'm looking at the I dictionary. I don't care what the dictionary says. The dictionary gives at least okay. three definitions. Give me your definition, then. A futilitarian, as I accept it. You accept that you're being non, ruled by a, others. I'm sorry? You accept that you are being ruled by others? That's not what I am averring here. Okay. What do you accept? I'm simply saying that in its, in its simplest form, a futilitarian is a non-believer in beliefs, all beliefs including belief systems. Uh-huh. It's that simple. So and what are you, you going to do about the communitarians? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, Call some more know, radio would, shows? Pardon me? What are you going to do? Go ahead, quick. Well, obviously this is a 
topic of derision for the ch- for the two of you, so I will simply leave this with you. The key words are living outside the dialectic. All right. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Got no answers. You don't have a conversation. More coming up. You can bring up anything. Seems like a lot of nonsense. words that Seems identify like a pointless argument. Actually, yeah. I mean, I would generally agree. I guess based on the definition. Yeah, I, I don't have disagree. Here. I just do. You know, why Seems rename pointless. everything? Yeah. Well, because he's he knows something you don't. Mark. I, I that's the feeling I was getting. Yeah. Hour number two is coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll kick things off here this hour with your phone calls and start things out with Cliff in Florida. Cliff, you're on Free Talk Live with you, Nick and Mark. Cliff, Florida, going once. Cliff in Florida, going twice. He's gone. Let's try Tom in New Hampshire. Tom? Yep. This is Tom calling from New Hampshire. Uh, You remember when uh, Ian uh, was uh, sent to jail by the judge, but actually the judge didn't uh, bring him to jail. It was cops in the courthouse that actually uh, we, uh, took him into their custody and brought him to jail? Yeah, it was the sheriffs that, uh, that yeah, took the, him in. The judge is just babbling and scribbling, basically. It's those cops that are inside the courthouse that are actually committing the unprovoked violence. Uh, and uh, what happened yesterday was at a courthouse in Las Vegas, somebody decided to do something about uh, the government's wrongdoing. And so he went into the courthouse with this shotgun and just started uh, blasting away at the security checkpoint and took out uh, two bureaucrats. So that's it then, there. huh? So uh, the government's done in, uh, in Las, was it Las Angeles or Vegas? I'm sorry. Was... La- Las Vegas. Las well, Vegas. he made the supreme sacrifice, uh, and he's in heaven right now because rebellion <laughs> to tyrants is obedience to God. So are you a and... Christian, Tom? Are you a Christian? Uh, yeah. What about but, the do um, not kill uh, part of the Ten Commandments? Well, they, they shouldn't be attacking us. In the first place, I so understand what you're saying, but didn't Jesus say, "Turn violence. the other cheek"? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, in the Bible it says so. But uh, so you, you don't know, believe also, in that stuff, huh? I, I don't believe As a Christian? in that part of it. You don't. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I mean, it's it's fun how you Christians like to pick and choose and uh, interpret things. I think yeah, most well, people. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Uh, so so you're, you're a killer. You're one of those Christians that thinks that killing's okay as long as you believe that God uh, thinks it's all right. Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Well, there's that, a difference. That's the way the dude on the deuce marked it You up can be there, rebellious but... without, invo- without murdering people. Well, it's not murder when you take out an enemy officer in combat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you walk uh, that, anyway. into the courthouse and just start blasting people, uh, that's that's murder. No, that's not murder. That's taking out enemy officers. When when they took uh, Ian into their custody, that was kidnapping, but not according to their paperwork. If I had their, come their back laws. and started blasting those people, I wouldn't be able to do my radio show anymore. I wouldn't be able yeah. to talk about freedom. I wouldn't be able to uh, to expand this program and bring the ideas of liberty uh, around the country and, uh, and around the world. I wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff anymore, yeah. Tom. Well, you think that would be a good it, idea just because it would be uh, a sacrifice? Well, I, I don't know. It depends on whether you can do more damage to the enemy uh, on the propaganda front. Or I don't consider them my enemy. I consider them misguided uh, men and women. Thank you for the call. Cool. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, um, I don't think that Tom's deviating from the uh, from the commandments in the Bible. Um, Jesus did say to turn the other cheek, and that's certainly the, the truth. However, you were you were referencing the um, the Old Testament's uh, Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments actually translate as uh, "Thou shalt not murder." They're and, actually calling you to kill people for certain offenses against God. Yeah. Um, so murder is uh, basically is a government sanctioned. In this case, it was a theocracy, right? Is government sanctioned killing and um, or you know murder is not government sanctioned, you know, ungovernment sanctioned killing. Or, or, uh, what are you trying to say? Well, um, it, essentially, you could, in, it, for instance, killing an enemy officer in, in battle is is not murder. Well, it's, you're, you're also talking about the Old Testament here. I'll agree with the point you're making, Mark, but as far as what Christians believe, I would think that the teachings of Christ generally... Trump that? They generally point people towards forgiveness over vengeance. That's the what Old I Te- thought. The Old Testament is 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 very vengeful. I mean, it's a very vengeful God, lots of very vengeful people. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to kill homosexuals. And uh, uh, the Bible tells you to kill gay people. Disrespecting uh, children and, and all kinds of things. Um I believe women that have sex on their menstrual cycle, they need yeah. to die too. There's there's a lot of, of people that need to die. Yeah. I only brought up the Bible thing because I know Tom has professed to be a Christian in the past, and it seems awfully contradictory to be advocating killing uh, when it seems that, uh, like you were saying, Nick, Jesus was pretty adamant against that kind I'm of thing. I'm just saying that that's, you know, the, the thou shalt not kill is actually better translated to thou shalt not murder. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with Tom to the extent that at some point I think – it's reasonable to defend yourself. I don't think I would call, you know, somebody being hauled off by a dictatorship to a death camp. I don't think them killing people to try to get away, the people that are trying to take them to a death camp, I don't think that's wrong. I would actually encourage people to give it a shot. We're not at that point right now. And that's what a lot of people, I, I think, forget. There's a tendency and it's a tendency people in this movement have is to look at all of the horrible things government is doing. But when you look at the big picture, we still have avenues open that don't involve violence. Right. That's what's important to focus on. We don't live in Nazi Germany. We don't live in the Soviet Union. Yes. Are we on the track towards bigger and bigger government and, and actual tyranny? Yeah, we're on that track. And you can try to make a moral argument for defending yourself from the government that's initiating force against you but i think it's a solid argument i do i just don't think it's practical 
I think that uh, by by becoming violent in return for their violence, you're just going to escalate things and give them an excuse to grow ever more powerful and ever more violent toward people. The fact is, they have the sanction of their victims in many cases, in that the, they have an they have the aura of legitimacy. And when people use violence against the state, they are seen as a bunch of nutters, and they're seen as uh, as Looney Tunes. You know, they they are dangerous, and the the people, the little people, want the government to protect them from dangerous people like that. And so it it, it only ends up justifying the state's existence yeah, when what, violence is used. Once you get to a point beyond where public relations really matter, then. I think things start to change. If you have a closed society where the press has effectively been shut down and the government is going around rounding people up or killing people, once you're getting to that point where... If there's, there's no, no more legitimacy, you mean? Right. You, you're, well, you're getting to a point where you're not able to dissent. You're not able to speak your opinion. You're not certainly not going to be participating in the political process. Civil disobedience, you're probably going to end up dead anyway from civil disobedience yeah. once you get to a certain point. So... If you're at that point in the society, then yes, I think that it is acceptable to try to unseat the murderers with force, but we don't have to do that. And in fact, it's a terrible idea to turn to violence right now. Probably the worst strategy you could come up with. I 100% agree with you there. You know, I I, I still feel uh, strange about the idea of using violence at any point, but it's hard for me to disagree with what you're saying as far as you know they're taking people into train cars and and slaughtering them and and doing all of that. Then I it's hard for me to disagree with that. As a Quaker, um, you know the the Quaker movement uh, was based around peace and uh, peaceful resistance to uh, tyranny, and uh, you know t- basically the 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 non separation of church and state, the marriage of church and state. Um, they, you know, and and so I have a difficult time with the idea of solutions, uh, violent solutions. However, strangely and sadly, the uh, Quaker movement was basically. Uh, you know, the, the legs were knocked out from underneath it by the Revolutionary War. And to me, that's one of the more justified wars in the world's history and certainly in this nation's history. And, you know, so it's... the do- Yeah, I mean, having a pacifist doctrine or a doctrine where you don't resist at any point, uh, I think that's counterproductive. I, certainly if that's where... So- if you're coming from it from a position where, as a matter of conscience, you couldn't bring yourself to use violence against somebody out of self-defense, then don't do that. But at some level, if you're willing to kill somebody to stop them from murdering you, say some common street thug, or or beating you up very badly or raping you, then the fact that they're working for a government really oughtn't change that from a philosophical standpoint. I would like to say there are some advantages to a pacifist philosophy, and I'd like to uh, I'd like to give you an example here for a second. Um, you know, let's take uh, Malcolm X and uh, Gandhi. This is, this is a person that advocates violence versus a person that doesn't, right? Sounds mm-hmm. right to you? Sure. Okay. Um, both of them are accused of murder. Which one do you think is more likely? Um, probably uh, Malcolm X, right? Probably the, Malcolm X, right? Because the the accusation's <laughs> been leveled, and remember, in this society, it's the severity of the accusation that matters, not whether it's true or not. And we can come back to this. Totasack.com is the place to go to learn more about the Totasack. Helps you bring the groceries back in from the car, and who knows what else you can carry with that little handle. You'll get a two pack if you're caller number three right now at 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. That's our contest line. Third caller, you get a two-pack of the Totasac. More free talk live coming up in moments. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system, over 500,000 posts. You can get interactive with a lot of other listeners over there at bbs.freetalklive.com. The 12-year process of public education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a young child. When we enter school, many of our best personality attributes are already in place. We're curious, innovative, unique, creative, and hopeful in many ways, in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives. But over time, school sucks those natural gifts right out of too many people, and replaces them with predictability, obedience, and apathy. Oh, and it's funded by theft, too. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit School Sucks Project to learn more. SchoolSucksProject.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Coming up, uh, Mark, you've got a story about a virtual item. We've been talking recently about... Video. Well, at one point recently, we talked about video games and specifically the online massively multiplayer role-playing games. Now, uh, Nick, you familiar with these at all? Yeah, like World of Warcraft. Right, right. Uh, where people basically, and I don't know what I don't know what percentage of World of Warcraft or EverQuest players are affected by the addiction that seems to accompany the uh, these games, but. Seems like a lot of the people I've known that have ever played them, and I haven't known too many, uh, but the the folks I've known have been fairly busy with those games in their I've, in I've free known time. a couple people who play them quite a bit too, and yeah, that's my, the experience I've had. And I've played those games; they didn't do anything for me really. I would, you know. I wasn't somebody who logged hours and hours of time playing right. World of Warcraft or any of these other games. But I've noticed, you know, people I know who did get into them really got into them and spent maybe a day a week playing this game. Yeah, I just realized, I don't know if you got the chance to finish your Malcolm X point, Mark. Did you Did you finish that? Yeah, I felt like okay, I did. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, so so back to the multi, massively multiplayer role-playing games. Now, Mark, you've got a story. Uh, have you pulled that up yet? Yeah, I got it right here. It's, it's about one of the items, uh, like a record-settingly expensive item. And as we explained before... In many of these game worlds, you can get uh, different types of swords and shields and magic spells and stuff like that. And you can actually trade with the other gamers in the world and I guess outside of the world as well. Some, sometimes somebody will create an account and and level it up and get certain things and then they'll just sell somebody else the account. Or in many cases, they'll, they'll get a certain valuable item and they'll sell them that item. Now, whether they're actually selling it for in-game dollars, which in many cases are actually purchasable by uh, transferring uh, Federal Reserve notes or you know U.S. Whatever, dollars whatever into dollars. the game, or it's sold outside of the game just uh, for you know just for Federal Reserve notes for U.S. dollars, and uh, so apparently there's been a record-setting sale. Yep, the record's been set uh, for the most expensive virtual item. 
Okay, remember, this item doesn't exist in reality. It's only on a computer game. Zeros and ones. Yep, zeros and ones. It's with the Crystal Palace Space Station in uh, the Swedish-developed Entropia universe going for... Uh, they have their little dollars there that, that are basically a dime apiece, but... Uh, Three hundred and thirty thousand U.S. dollars, and um, Holy yeah, God. <laughs> can you imagine? That, no, I don't know. It's I crazy. can't imagine somebody paying that much for an item in a game. Yes, it does. Um, it, so in the game, it's three something million, but in the right, it's, really. it, yeah, three point three, um, three million three hundred and thirty thousand um, PEDs, whatever those are. Mm. The Entropia Universe started back in two thousand and three. It's a uh, free to play morgue. Um, powered by microtransactions or macro ones in this case, the game has previously boasted of holding the most expensive virtual items, with an in-game uh, space station resort going for around a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Wow! Um, the new record has been claimed by the Crystal Palace space station, with the item going for a um, to longtime Utopia Universe player Buzz Eric Lightyear. Lightyear will be uh, hoping to make back some of the significant investment with an Entropia Universe expert saying all Buzz has to do is let the station run, set it a decent tax rate, and keep it stocked with things to hunt, and he can take all the PED he earns and translate it into cold, hard cash. So there are actually people who make a living in these games. Is that yeah. the case? I mean, we, we've read stories about yes. that before. So in this case, I mean, basically he's buying a, a you know a store or club. Um, he's an entrepreneur yeah, and he's, in the game. Yeah, and he's, you know, people want to play in it and they're willing to pay a certain amount to play this game. It must be a awesome game, right? So um, it's, it's interesting what he's bought in that it's the you know, largest virtual thing, and it doesn't mm-hmm. really uh, amount to much, but, you know, it, it, it apparently can turn into real dollars at the end, so I, I'm i interested in seeing whether Mr. Lightyear um, manages to make his money back or not, but... Um, I wonder know. what he looks like. I don't know. Probably nothing like Buzz Lightyear. The story here, according to uh, Wikipedia, is that Entropia Universe is a massively multiplayer online virtual universe designed by a Swedish company... That, in contrast to other MMORPGs, their software is distributed free of charge with no subscription fees. And that's kind of one of the hallmarks of most of the massive uh, RPGs is that people are paying, you know, seven, eight, nine bucks a month, maybe more, to, uh, just to just to get access to play. It doesn't buy you a certain amount of hours. It gets you, I guess, unlimited amount of play. Uh, so if you pay ten bucks a month and you don't play at all, then you've wasted your ten bucks. Uh, whereas if you pay ten bucks a month and you play for a hundred hours, then uh, I guess you'll feel like you've gotten your money's worth. So there is a kind of an incentive when it ch- when they charge you to play as much as you possibly can. So I wonder if the people in this game, Entropia Universe, are any less addicted as a result because of the uh, the, the money uh, thing. I don't know how much the money thing goes into it. Yeah, it's it's just ten bucks, right? So it I, I think much. that people play the games largely number one because they. At least what I know from World of Warcraft is it's a pretty well put together game, and it's also an escape. I mean, you can play endlessly. It, it's it's not like you're going to beat a level in a video game, like a console game, and right. then that's the end of that level. I no mean, saving. You can, you're not going to beat the game. You're just going to keep playing and playing and playing, and there's always something else to do. It, uh, according to the story at, at Wikipedia, it says that it's, again, as you said, Mark, 10 PED to 1 U.S. dollar, meaning that virtual items acquired within Entropia have a real cash value, and any time they may uh, initiate a withdrawal of their game dollars, 
PEDs back into real-world currencies according to a fixed exchange rate. So I guess inflation um, – does inflation affect this game world too? Of course it does. Yeah. Uh, let's see, minus transaction fees. Not sure what their uh, what their transaction fees are, but apparently that's how the game system makes its money. They gotta cut, have something. Cut. Yeah, they gotta get a they gotta get a cut. As a result, revenue of the business is largely generated from activities within the virtual universe. As of 2009, the revenue model has proven to be sustainable and profitable. So there you go. Are you one of the people who has experience with this? Have not particularly this game, but in general, uh, we we actually never got anybody to call in the last time we were talking about this. To they're too busy playing. Maybe that's the case. <laughs> uh, but to explain exactly what it what it's like. I mean, are you a, are you hooked? Be honest with us. Have you been hooked? Have you have you uh, had an intervention? Did you uh, did somebody help you break your addiction somehow? I know they actually have uh, something that people can check into out in, I think, in Japan and places like that for, get- for video game addiction. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. If you've got a story to share about massively multiplayer online role-playing games, it's hard to get all that out. Feel free to share it with us. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. It's third-party certified. Start um, start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. I've got it right here on my browser, and it's in the upper right-hand corner there, so I just have to type things in and uh, the, I don't know, what is that called? Firefox. Yeah, Firefox. And so all you have to do is go to startpage.com and you can download a little widget that'll go right up there. Yeah, and the yeah the the corner. Right. I don't if know. You, if you use Firefox, you know what that you know what that is. But, the, but don't most of the browsers have uh, some kind of little search bar? I think, up the, there? I think Internet Explorer has that now too. Yeah. Does Chrome have it? Uh, I think no, I don't you'd know about think that. that. You think it? I would. think Chrome is built into the URL area. There's a, there's a search built into that. I see. All right. So, uh, and, but Firefox is the, actually the number one used browser on freetalklive.com, interestingly. Interestingly. All right. So, uh, since we're talking about things that are technology-related, gaming-related specifically, we were talking about the massively multiplayer online role-playing games and uh, still have yet, to, have yet to get a call from our extremely, extraordinarily techy and geeky uh, internet listenership to, uh, to admit... To cop to having a, an online game addiction, but that's okay. that's okay. Maybe they're all uh, none of them have a, or have had addictions. That's fine. I know I used to be addicted to um, back in the 90s. I was on I was addicted to bulletin board systems. 
you know, we call the Free Talk Live BBS a BBS. Most people would call it a forum or a message board. That's kind of a throwback for me to uh, to back in the 1990s when you would have these. Uh, you would dial out on on your old analog modem. You dial another phone number uh, and connect to that. And there would be message boards, and there would be games that you could play, and there would be uh, files that you could download. And only a certain amount of people could be on the board at any given time, isn't that correct? As many phone lines as the uh, as the board had. Yeah. So like five or six usually. That was a pretty rare board that anybody would have more than one or two phone lines. The the average board was just somebody with their computer or with a dedicated computer that was running a BBS software that they happen to have an extra phone line and they hooked that up to it. So usually when you, a lot of times when you'd call these places you'd get busy signals. So you'd have to try again later. Then once you'd get through, there was this one uh, down in Sarasota called the Courts of Wisdom, which was incredibly popular. And it had it didn't have 10 lines, but the guy actually had a network at his house of five, maybe five computers and had five lines as well. And so that was a big deal back then. And people were, were would pay uh, to have accounts on that particular BBS. And, and of course, if you paid, you got more time. There was like a time limit. You could only be online for so long because obviously you want to free up a phone line so somebody else could uh, could call in. So, uh, so that was very addictive for me. I was coming home every single day from school. First thing I would do is get on and start calling uh, these BBSs. Didn't you have like a shortwave uh, thing that you did there for a while too? A shortwave thing. Yeah, didn't you no. like participate in uh, radio? So, so I was in a CB radio. Well, the teenager. same thing. Yeah, sorry. No, that was not an addiction for me. An addiction, uh, I, I was fully addicted to BBSs and was spending pretty much all of my, my time on it. In fact, I remember back when I, uh, back before even, the internet even came around that's what bbs's were very popular at that time but they also had the kind of massive systems like CompuServe or what originally was aol now aol is you know pretty much internet access with some other things attached to it used to be that you'd call these uh what was prodigy wasn't that one of them yeah uh you'd call these systems and they would have a whole bunch of lines and so it was essentially a, a massive version of a of a, of a bulletin board system and i remember when i was calling CompuServe. I guess they charged you by the minute or something like that. And uh, as a, a 10-year-old or however old I was, I wasn't too aware of that. My parents ended up with a $200 CompuServe bill one month. Yeah, in, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, but they yeah. were not happy about it. No, that. they were not happy about it. But I don't think I had enough money to pay them for it, and I don't think they made me pay for it, which they very well could have. Uh, but that certainly learned me my lesson about being very cautious about such things and uh, running up charges online. So that that's my addiction story. I've been addicted to things on the internet. Now you tell me yours. 800-259-9231. We'll go on screen to see who this is on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Kaysen. Kaysen calling from Nevada. What's on your mind tonight? What's going on? I was just wanting to talk about these MMOs and stuff. Yes, sir. Go uh, ahead. In the chat room actually brought up uh, there should be a Jeep MMO a G- where you off and look for shiny objects. <laughs> it's funny. So, are you somebody who plays these, or are you just calling to joke around? I've played a few of them, uh, but uh, I don't. I never got into them really hardcore because they're they're just kind of boring, if you ask me. I don't know, it's not my style, I guess. Is, is, do you have you ever known anybody that has been really into them or hooked into them? Oh yeah, I've known lots of guys that just did nothing but just sit around and play these things and, uh, for hours and hours. I'm not real sure about uh, 
being addicted to it. I don't. I don't really believe that you can be mentally addicted to something. You don't. You know, I, I've I've been huh. thinking about this this whole addiction thing, and you know, it's it's interesting if if you know if you get used to something. I'm used. I guess I'm addicted to to computer use in general because I I feel weird when I don't have it around. I want it, you know. Hello, Kason. Yeah, Kason. Got anything else for us, Kason? Yeah. You're running dry, buddy. Thanks oh, for the call. All, got, all right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, um, we had a guy call in. It's been it's probably been a month or two now, and it was on a Saturday night, and he said he had at one point been a marijuana addict. Yeah. And the science says that no, he wasn't. Right. Like he physically, was, you cannot be physically addicted to marijuana. Right. But what is addiction? So, I mean, they call this it's psychological you, addiction, right? Absolutely. So, but what is that? And it's the desire for a certain uh, feeling right. that one gets when one uh, receives the satisfaction or whatever that they're looking for by so, doing the the uh, st- stated activity. I was talking to this guy who wants to use, lose some weight, and he felt like the the thing that he wanted to do to lose weight was to stop having his bowl of ice cream at night. He every night mm. he had a bowl of ice cream. Okay, and he said he's addicted to that bowl of ice cream. And I, so I started thinking about it. I could imagine it would be very difficult to give up that bowl of ice cream. Mm, He's mm, not mm. addicted because to me, addiction means this physical um, activity. Smoke cigarettes for a little while and you'll know what addiction is. So you're saying it's different from uh, you're saying a habit is different from an addiction. That's what that's the way I see it. Habit. Right. He has an ice cream habit. The other guy had a marijuana habit, and these people have a um, you know a more group um, or whatever this on multi <laughs> multi uh, what is it MMORPG how about that okay that's those MMORPGs these uh, massively massive RP rolling playing games online um, you know these people they have a habit but it doesn't you know to to use the term addiction for what a habit is is uh, is bastardizing the language so they they now now they have designated okay. what a physical addiction is versus a psychological addiction so why do we need a new word for habit can you be addicted to a mmorpg i have to say that i think my definition like i like to use the word addicted to mean what to me physical addi- physical addiction okay but the state the, okay i'm here at dictionary.com the state of uh, addiction the state of being enslaved to a habit or practice or to something that is psychologically or physically habit forming as narcotics to such an extent that its cessation causes severe trauma so the the term psychological is right there in the definition of addiction to such an extent that its cessation causes severe trauma, is that likely to happen when you give up your ice cream habit? Mm, eh, probably not, but... Well, the the, the idea uh, that you have a reaction to... I can see to... somebody being very frustrated by having their account cut off, for instance, in a, a, a MMORPG. Yeah, I could see somebody getting cold sweats and having heart palpitations from that. Could, so that's an addiction. Pal- <laughs> well, uh, there, I'm not saying very many people... But yes, there are people out there who have addictions, psychological addictions, whether you want to call them a habit or not. There are people out there who have addictions to sex or to games online. Not very many of them. There are people who are addicted to cutting themselves and self-mutilation. Yeah, there are people. I just don't like those terms because if it's not physically addiction, addicted, then all you are is somebody who doesn't have control of their um, their own life. I uh, okay, we're (laughs) gonna come back here more on the way. You take control. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more people's ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. We are talking about addiction. Specifically, uh, well, what started it was a conversation about massively multiplayer online role-playing games. And I once again threw out my invitation for somebody who is familiar with this particular addiction, somebody hopefully who has a personal experience with it, to call and share their story. And I told my story of uh, what I was addicted to back in the, the 1990s, bulletin board systems, these things that you would use your uh, your old analog modems to call up and interact with other people. But let's go to your phone calls here. But And then we'll come back to the actual discussion of addiction, which is what we left off in the end of that segment. But we do have somebody online uh, here with uh, Nick in Montana wanted to comment on this. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Nick? Well, you guys don't seem to understand why or how people would get addicted to these games. Um, I played EverQuest for about six years, and I've played WoW now for probably about two years. And um, you kind of start out playing because you're a nerd and you're into Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. you, stay, you keep playing because of the people. And, and I think that's what people get addicted to is that social interaction. And uh, that's, that's why I play the games so long because it actually does get boring after you hit max level. So you actually played so long you maxed out your character. You couldn't go any further? Oh, on, on EverQuest I had five different characters on my account that were all max level. Wow. I, I played it to the point where my wife filed for a divorce. <gasps> I like I ignored my family. Like, oh my gosh. I'd, I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd play until I couldn't stay awake anymore. Do you have I'd kids? Get, like, I, I, I do, yes. I have two young kids. Oh my gosh. So would they play with you, the kids, or what is it just you? No, just... They're, they're really, at the time, too young? Uh, my, oldest, my oldest was like two and my youngest had just been born and uh my wife couldn't deal with it anymore because i was i was there but i wasn't there you know what i mean yeah yeah so uh she like put her foot down and said taking the kids and leaving so that was a big big wake-up call for me what what do you say to mark's uh assertion that you can't be addicted to something that's not physically addicting because um, I disagree with them completely, but I mean, how addicted I, I dis- were you? I disagree because you get addicted to like, the, like I said, the social interaction. You make make friends, meet people that you would have never met had you not had the internet or this game to meet them on. And, uh, and so I, I think you get more addicted to your person online persona because like your character can do anything. You may have all these real life problems, but you log into the game and. You're all powerful. You you kill gods. You kill demons. You, you kill whatever you want. You know, and so you ha- you have all the control. Whereas in real life, you don't have very did, much. Did the did, did your wife give you some kind of warning like, hey, if you don't stop playing EverQuest, I'm taking the kids and leaving. That kind of thing. She did, but I was so far into it that it was in one ear and out the other. But like, I mean, like when a, she said it, what do you, what do you mean in one ear and out the other? What did what did you think when she said that? Um, honestly, I, I don't remember when she first brought it up because it had gotten to the point where 
I came home from work and she was packing up the house and the kids were already gone at her mom's and she was saying, well, I'm leaving you. And I was like, well, why? This is so sudden. And she proceeded to tell me, you know, I've been trying to talk to you about this for six months or more and you just don't listen. So, like, you get so engrossed in it that, that you're only in, like, the real world for as long as it takes. To, to go to the bathroom money. or something. Yeah, exactly. So so when she was trying to talk to you, you were playing the game, and if somebody's playing one of these games, they, there's no way you can really carry on a conversation with them. No, no, they'll, they'll just nod and smile pretty much, you know. So your wife on several occasions said something to the effect of, if you don't stop playing EverQuest, I'm going to leave you and take your kids away from you, and you don't remember that conversation? Is that nope. right? Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's powerful stuff. And so you know, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but for me, it was more the all the friends that I made online, and and like you get into these guilds, which are like player associations that you need to team up to take down some big boss or something. So you join these guilds, and then you like online with these people for eight hours a day or more. And so people they, will they'll go and they'll uh, they'll go on raids or they'll go on attacks at certain times, and you have to be there for that, right? Or else exactly. you it was like a job, and if and if you didn't you didn't commit to it and put the time into it, you weren't going to get ahead in the game. And if you don't commit to it, then you'll be on the outs socially, won't you? Exactly. Wow. Because you're not a team player, and and you're not helping the guild progress in the game, so they really don't have any use for you then. So like, what there, happened there, when there your wife? times that I would I would leave the game for a little while and come back, and it was like, well, what have you done for us lately? Type thing. Well. Wow. You know, even though I'd been there for every raid for like two years, I quit for a month to come back, and it's like, who are you? Jeez. So. Some friends, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I don't know. They're friends as long as you're helping them kill some monster that they want to kill, I guess. Sounds I like drug sure. addicts to me, Mark. I mean, that, that kind of statement right there sounds like a drug addict statement. Like, uh, you know, you, you hang out with all these cool people and uh, get high with them, but if you don't get high with them anymore, they're not your friends, right? Same thing here. If you don't go on the raids and you don't uh, show up when, uh, when, you know, you, when they are expecting you to be there, then they're not going to be your friends anymore. If you yeah. decide to take a month off, all of a sudden they're not your friend. I, you yeah. know, I, I have no idea what this is all like. I, um, now, what ha, what has uh, turned out? I mean, what happened with your wife? Uh, where where are the kids? What's going on there? Uh, um, no, we're all back together. I got my head out of my ass. And but you're still playing World of do. Warcraft. But I don't play it like I used to play <laughs> EverQuest. And how, how do you how do you change that? Into it. How do, um, you, you got your wife into it? <laughs> <laughs> that well. It's, for one thing, I don't play eight hours a day. I limit myself. How do you limit yourself? I mean, if it's so engrossing, uh, what do you what tra- what tactics do you use to prevent yourself from continuing? Uh, look at my kids and remind myself that they're more important than a video game, pretty much. That's good. Um, you know, and I, I I play it recreationally, and you know, in one week I might play twenty hours in a week, and then I might not play at all the next week. So it kind of worked. My way through that, and you know, my wife has her own account. So when I do play, we usually play together, and so I think that's for us or I, for me that's key because at least we're still spending time and t- 
time together, you know. Yeah, I think that I think that's a, definitely a, a step in the right direction. I mean, a lot of people just sit around and watch 20 hours of television a week. If you're at the very least uh, gaming with your significant other, it's, that gives you some interaction. Whereas when you're sitting and you know, watching TV, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But this it makes me further question the addiction level here. Um, you know, it just sounds to me like poor choices. And I understand that you know some people isn't that would, where addictions. Start to come from is sure, poor choices. They start with poor choices, but, but he is, didn't want to go away from the game back when he played Ever EverQuest. You did correct. not want to leave that game. Well, that's well, an addiction. But I haven't got really to finish my statement. All right, okay, go on, and, um, the what I'd like what what I want to point out is that you generally don't hear about heroin addicts going back and controlling their heroin use. You generally don't hear about alcoholics going back and controlling their drinking. You know these people, um, you know that have true full blown physical addictions can't go back and then control their behavior with the substance. Okay, so yeah, that. there are different levels of addiction, Mark, but that doesn't mean mean he was he was not addicted. Well, I'm only making making the um, distinction here that physical addiction is real disti- addiction, and that a habit is a habit. And I'm not saying that habits can't be tough to break. I think that they are. But you know, he was shown here's what can happen if you don't uh, you know fix your behavior, and and now he he has he can actually play the video games like you're meant to, and and he plays them with his wife, and you know they're interactive, and it's good. It was a great call. Any other thoughts for us? Um, no, great show. I just started listening about a month ago. Now, are you I actually got... playing while you're talking with us right now? or are you? Um, no, actually, I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> All right, good, <laughs> good. Making dinner, that's progress. Hey, thanks yeah, for I, the call, I, man. Honest, Honestly, huh? I haven't played in like, really? I don't know, a couple weeks now, but... Is there a good boring. game that you can? Is there a good uh, multiplayer online game, the MMORPG that you can just put down for several weeks and come back and not have any detrimental? Uh, there's one called Eve Online that I I play that it, it's like the big hugest time sink ever, but um, you can actually still progress in the game without being logged in. You just by training skills. So uh, that one is much better for the casual user because you can like log in like once a week and do everything you need to do and not even think about it for a while and you're still actually progressing because your skills are training. Cool. Thanks for sharing that with us tonight and uh, glad to hear your story. It was exactly uh, the kind of call I was looking for to to hear a a personal account of how these games and one's uh, hook on them, one's addiction to them, affects one's life. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. As profound as a heroin addiction? Clearly not. But it's still an addiction nonetheless. Absolutely. He doesn't want to pull away. He did not want to pull away My, and do other things. The behavior things. is very similar to that there's, in the fanatic. There's more coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free time. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. As we launch here into the third hour of the program, you can bring up anything. We're going to go right back into your phone calls here. Last hour, for those of you just tuning in, we were talking about the massively multiplayer online role-playing games, MMORPGs as they are called. And finally, we talked about it once before last week briefly and didn't really get any response on it. I guess I had to tell my personal addiction story before we finally got somebody to call in about it. Uh, but we did finally get a call from somebody who was addicted to one of these MMORPGs and uh, luckily was able to break his habit. But it took his wife threatening to divorce him. And take the kids away. No, no, she did take the kids away. She left. Oh, okay, right. Well, it took that happening uh, for him to get his S together and uh, finally straighten up. So it was a positive story and that he broke out of it and and good for him. So that's where we left things off. We're going to continue here. Uh, We've been kind of discussing the nature of addiction and and what it means to be addicted. You're welcome to share your stories. of. It doesn't have to be video game related. It can be addiction related. Or you can, of course, bring up absolutely anything at 800-259-9231. I think that uh, my position is that we were differentiating between habits and addiction. Somebody had mentioned they had an an ice cream habit where they were having a bowl of ice cream every single night. And if you take away the bowl of ice cream and they don't throw a tantrum and, you know, start freaking out because they can't get their ice cream, it's probably just a habit and not an addiction. But if you are uh, if you're addicted to something, then there's usually, you know, some sort of uh, some kind of response, uh, as the dictionary puts it, uh, severe trauma. It doesn't have to go that that far, but. When you take away one of these video game addicts video game and they start freaking out, that's that's a sign of an addiction, I think. Well, it's a sign of poor uh, discipline and uh, bad behavior on the part of the person who isn't getting what it is they want. Of course, the and definition of addiction is the condition of being habitually or compulsively occupied with or involved in something. Well, I might throw a fit if I'm, um, you know, hassled on the street by a police officer and uh, or something like that. I mean, does that mean I'm addicted to walking on the street? It doesn't mean anything like that. It's just bad behavior, Ian. That's all. I mean, see, what I don't like is the watering down of the term addiction. Addiction at one point, at least to me, would have meant physical addiction, actual (laughs) cellular structure change because of the use of an item. You don't think that happens in your brain? And what I think is that some victims out there, some people that that, uh, want to uh, foster a a victim behavior in people, people that want to take other people's power away, decided, oh, well, that's you want to have that really bad, so that must be an addiction. You've got got a medical condition. But you're using a very particular definition for for addiction. Words have particular definitions. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure that most people would agree that you need to have physical structural changes taking place within your brain to be addicted to a substance. I'm sure they haven't. I think that the word has been successfully adulterated and watered down and uh, inserted in the nomenclature. And in in the process, people's power has been taken away in their lives. Well, I'm not sure I'm going to argue that it's disempowering to say that people can have just as big a problem with gambling as they do with cocaine. I, and I, I think that there are a lot of problem gamblers out there who would probably have just as difficult a time quitting gambling as many people would have quitting cocaine. Cocaine isn't terribly addictive, honestly. Are you kidding me? People stay up all night and do that stuff do, and get yeah. hooked on it and, and steal the things. The same in kind order of addictive behavior habit. type people um, that, that get stuck with gambling, too. 
Look, look. Uh, the people that are just, you saying to me, Mark, that you can't have physical changes in your brain because you play a, a certain video game a whole lot, or because you are a, 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 a compulsive gambler? You're saying that's not a, a brain change that's going on there. I have a physical brain change when anything happens in the world. So I mean, you're saying that only you can only be addicted to a substance. Re- react, uh, I, I agree. Yes, uh, you can only be addicted to. It's a, a very substance. very narrow definition, and uh, the dictionary and I do not agree with you. Yeah, well, the, the world has uh, the world has changed around my definition. I admit. I I I generally I agree with your definition, Ian. I I see the criticism you're making, Mark, of how much people have expanded the word addiction. I think people have taken it way too far. People are using the term addiction to refer to things that are really just habits. Mostly. Yeah. Let's continue with your calls. Matt is on the line, on the amp line. Hey, Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. All right. Um, First off, I'm going to kind of side with Mark on this. I don't know that he's making the right argument, but I agree that the word addiction is really, really overused. I don't know that playing games online can be an addiction. If you're going to go that far and say playing games online is an addiction, then I would say that nearly every American is addicted to television. I think that's a fair statement. I think that uh, there are people out there. uh, There's a local talk show on the air here in Keene, New Hampshire, one morning, they were talking about how, oh my God, the television went down. There were calls after calls after calls about people talking about how they're going to demand their, you know, they get a refund and they didn't know what to do without their television, and they were very, very frustrated and angry about the, you know, their television going down. And uh, I think, I think it's an absolutely accurate well, statement to say that people are dependent in this day and age on having television around. I, dependent, I would agree. I don't know that addicted, they're addicted. I would not. Yeah, I don't think you're addicted. I mean, there was a point in my life where I watched a lot of television, and then I just kind of stopped when I had other things to do. I was habituated to watching a lot of television at one point, but I don't think that means I was addicted to it. Just because it's a habit of mine, it's it's a pattern of behavior— doesn't mean that I can't stop. But if I'm you like, miss your favorite show, do you get upset? If the answer is well, no, but then I would say you have a habit. No, if see, the answer is yes, I would say you have an addiction. Everybody who misses their favorite program and gets upset at that has an addiction to television? No. Okay. They, right. is they addiction, prefer to see their favorite program. They're not addicted to TV. So is 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 a habit, uh, a dependence, and an addiction, are these synonyms? No. The definition of addiction includes habit. So you have to have a habit in order to be addicted. That doesn't answer the question. An addiction is like taking a habit to the next level. I agree. An addiction is like taking a... You're just disagreeing on where that level is. It's a very fuzzy barrier, right? Right. right. So what I'm asking you is that you think that somebody who has a habit of watching a TV show on a regular basis wouldn't get upset about watching that if that TV show wasn't available to them? I'm sorry, what was the question? You think that a person that is um, has a habit, habitually watches a particular show, mm-hmm. and that show doesn't come on, that they're not going to have a certain level of upset over that, and you think that that's, that indicates, um, if they do have a level of upset, that that indicates addiction? I, th- I think it's, a, a, it's an indicator, yeah. I don't think it's as, uh, as serious as an addiction as a heroin addiction, obviously. I think we're talking about a continuum. I think if they have physical withdrawal symptoms, they have an addiction to that uh, TV show. Okay, so anger uh, is not a physical withdrawal symptom. You you mean you have to have like sweats or something like that? What do you mean by physical, Matt? 
I, I well, I, I'm, I'm going to put in my two cents worth. I'm not going to go all the way and say that we shouldn't use this word addiction at all, but it's been so overused that it's lost its its power. And I I believe that's what's happened. I think Mark breezed over it. I think it's used by psychologists, psychiatrists, and people like that to take people's power away. I think a more appropriate word would be a dependency. They have a dependency. No, it is a, a it's de- a synonym. <laughs> it's not. It's not though. It shouldn't be a cinnamon. It, it should. There Cinnamon's should be a, a, a more powerful. You know, you have an addiction. That means you cannot stop doing it. If you have a dependency, that means once you recognize it, you, you will be able to. Well, to be, like, to, to like be fair, people who are addicted to substances do quit. About, people do quit. I mean, there are addicts out there who they'll you know they'll always have an addiction to that particular substance. But there are people who do manage to quit using methamphetamine, so for instance. So yeah, you I can mean, quit. You can quit. And you could turn the addiction. TV off, but they don't turn the TV off ever. The only reason why they had the TV turned off was because the cable company went down and they started freaking out. That's a dependence, and that's an addiction. Well, no, that's just stupidity. Well, that's, if the, if the TV that's goes a, off... What that is is a judgment. That's, that's this, this guy over here judging and assessing people that have different behaviors than My judgment than is as valid as anyone else's. You, you've got an addiction to internet forums, then. Uh, no, I don't think you, I have an addiction you, you, you to internet You spend your time forums. looking at them and stuff. You'd be upset if they go down, wouldn't you? I don't like it. I don't like it. Come on. Thanks, Matt, for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I am nowhere near as bad as I used to be back in uh, back in the day. All right, more coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And And Mark. I'm sorry, Nick and Mark. You can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the real news that uh, lies between the lines of propaganda and a relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. I get it every day. All right, so we continue here. By the way, I want to invite you to freetalklive.com, Shrine of Female Listeners. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See the lovely ladies uh, that have taken the time to send us their photo and or video to show they are indeed listeners of the show. And I say lovely to mean all of them. They're all wonderful folks, and thank you so much to everybody that has become a part of the Shrine. Uh, And if you are a lady listener, you are welcome to become a Shriner. Go to uh, shrine.freetalklive.com to get the details. Get signed up. 
Uh, all right, so we continue with your phone calls here, talking about addiction, not necessarily just video games, but that's kind of what sparked the conversation. Let's go to Dale, listening in Florida. Dale, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, Dale. Hello, Dale. I'm assuming I'm Dale, but my name is Bill. Oh, hey, Bill. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight, Bill? Uh, I wanted to just uh, chime in on the addiction thing. I think uh, addiction really... If if you are truly addicted to something, you will knowingly avoid things that you know are necessary, being like eating food or going to your job to produce money so you can pay to live. The addiction is so intense that you will skip out on those things knowingly because you are so addicted to whatever it is, whether it be physically or mentally. I think that's a real so, good indicator. So one's life suffers um, uh, dramatically due to an addiction, and that I think is the um, it was is sort of the working current working definition of what an addiction is. Um, and as long as it uh, as long as it to me as long as it's applied to the the superlative, and because that to me is what an addiction is the superlative to a to a habit. And um, so if your video game habit is preventing you from getting up, you know, getting a job or something like that, all right, man, you can call it an addiction, but I still still think you're a loser. <laughs> well, well, you only feel that way because because you are above the level of the person who who is addicted to the game. Not everybody comes into this world with the same mental characteristics. Some people are, I hate to say it this way because it sounds derogatory, but some people are so much more weaker when it comes to things like video games versus others who are, are, they need something more intense that's more of a chemical thing where if they don't get that chemical, they actually go through physical withdrawal. So for, so for some people, putting down the video game controller is as difficult as somebody putting, uh, putting down a cigarette, that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Because overall, I, chemically or, or physically, the, the things like nicotine and, and the, the harder drugs like the heroin, those things are physical addictions you cannot control. By your body, but to others, their their mental chemistry, the way their brain is made up, putting down a video game controller to play one of those MMOs is the same damn thing. I'm with you, Bill. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Kevin, listening in Charleston, West Virginia. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, well, what I was going to mention is, truthfully, um, I may be crucified for this, but much like television and video games and even drugs, it's essentially it's all about escapism. People are looking for an outlet. At times it was reading. The problem with addiction is at that point it becomes an excess. It's to the point where regardless of what the, the want, the addiction, the, you know, the habit is, it becomes detrimental to your health, your well-being, or as you said. And you know, kind of gloss over it. The big difference there is, and truthfully it comes down to personal accountability. If the person, you know, they may want to say, well, I wasn't strong enough, or well, it's just kind of a hard drug. Well, then you should knowingly, going into this, be able to be accountable for that. If it's a video game and you can't get a job because you can't stop playing, it's your fault for not being smart enough to go, well, I can't handle this. If it's drugs, I'm not advocating it, but even things like cocaine and heroin, it's horrible, but you know that going into it. It's not something that, you know, oh, I didn't know that this was going to mess with me. Yes, you did. That's why you went for it. That was your escape. And if you're not strong enough a person to handle that, well, that's your fault for going with it, Ben. That, at least that's how I see it. 
I say well well spoken. I, I agree. I mean, you know, that's as far as I'm concerned, he's uh, he's taken my side on this one. That well, this is- no, your problem with it is you see using the word addiction. If you're labeling someone's activity as addiction, the problem you have with it, Mark, it seems to me, is that you feel the word addiction somehow absolves a person of. Their responsibility. They attempt for their to absolve themselves, and society, the the um, the, the a people out there, addict will not. An addict who's making excuses for their addiction will, but that doesn't mean an addict won't take accountability for their actions and say, "Yes, I put myself in the situation, and if I want to make changes in my life." I need to fix Some it. people choose to do that with their lives, and I support those people. However, I think that the term um, the term addiction has been expanded by people who make money by treating these so-called addictions. I agree with you on and that. And wish to take the power away from people that, um, you know, can, so they can't make their own decisions. Well, you you have no control that here. That I, I agree so with you So you need you to on. come here and give me money or, or have the government well, give me money on your behalf or whatever in order to get this addiction of yours treated that you can't right, handle on your own. I think people can handle all of these things on their own, absolutely. Absolutely. They can they can bring themselves to support groups and do whatever they need to, but you don't have to go and pay somebody to break your addiction. Well, you have to realize you have a problem before you can quit whatever it is you're addicted to or whatever it is the habit is. So if by labeling it an addiction, that somehow helps people come to the realization that, yes, in fact, I do have a problem with X, Y, or Z, and I want to quit, it's be, it's detrimental to the other things that I want to get out of life then I think that's a positive thing. It might be an overuse of the word. I understand the concern about cheapening it, but if a problem gambler wants to say they have a gambling addiction and that's the first step to them actually recovering, then I don't see where the problem is with well, that. Well, gambling is certainly the one that I would be the most likely to uh, give ground on because it does it, it, it can be so detrimental to people um, the way that you know gamblers will just gamble the the life savings of you know the whole family away. I want to get Kevin back in here. Kevin, any other uh, thoughts for us tonight? Well, no, truly you've got it right there. I mean, the in a large in a large degree, it's essentially semantics. Um, labeling something addiction or a habit, truthfully, in any regard, does nothing for what's actually going on. Um, you know, calling something addiction to psychologists is the same as calling it a habit. It won't, truthfully, it shouldn't incur any extra benefit to the person or the behavior. But ideally, the recognition thereof, whether through yourself, you know, self-realization or through someone else, ideally it's understanding that it's a problem and then seeking or getting help. Um, you know, just the particular medium in there of itself, ideally it just matters on the person and from there on, you know, whether by other people or yourself handling it like an adult dealing with it moving on with your life but by the way uh, kevin welcome aboard uh, i was just informed here that apparently we are now on fm in charleston west virginia as wvts is uh, is now joining on the fm band with the simulcast there so if it's your first time listening uh, i don't know if it is or not but hop on, uh, welcome aboard on free talk live and thanks for calling and uh, participating in the show tonight And welcome to all of our brand new FM listeners there in Charleston. That's pretty cool. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. You can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. If you're on the updates list, at updates.freetalklive.com. 
Now, from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And we're on the line now with one of the Free State Project movers. Uh, Mark and myself, we also made the move. Nick, you're a New Hampshire native. Uh, Sam is with us from the Obscure Truth Network, just getting back into New Hampshire from a uh, lengthy vacation, going down to see the family, Sam. Yeah, I was down at home, and uh, on the way back, I flew through Detroit, which is where, interestingly enough, the underwear bomber was uh, destined for. And I had a three-hour layover, and uh, I was planning to go out and film The Decay of the City and interview some people, but uh, I had a little encounter with the TSA that I thought I'd tell you guys about. Please do. Um, As I was getting off the plane, there were three people at the gate in the blue shirts with the badges um, going through passengers' bags that were boarding a a plane. And this was something new. I thought it was pretty interesting. So I stood about 50 feet back, pulled one of my small HD cameras out, and started filming. And uh, after a few minutes, one of the ladies comes over and, and says, uh, yes, sir, uh, you're, are you with the press? And I didn't, uh, I told her I wasn't going to answer that question. <laughs> and the reason is, I don't know, it's not always good to be press. If they may have some rule that says you have to, you know, register if you're press. We found that out recently. Somebody told us that recently, and I don't remember yeah. what the circumstances Being were. the press uh, doesn't entirely uh, allow you to film in, in places. It uh, sometimes can be worse for you, uh, more restrictive to be right. press. Exactly. Never good to answer their so questions. Here if I you... am filming, and if I admit to being press, she may try and arrest me for it. So I'm not yeah. about to answer that question. Smart move. And uh, she tries to get some information. I'm not giving it to her. And she walks away, and I pack up my bags and start heading down the terminal. Now, this is a really long terminal. I'm at gate 60 or so, and uh, it just stretches on forever. So I start walking down, and I feel like I bet they're following me. And so about gate 31, I stopped in at one of the gates and sat down in a chair and turned and looked back. And sure enough, there's two of them, one on each side of the terminal. And... uh, so then I get up, I kind of smile, I get up, walk down to gate 11, I turn around and look back, and sure enough, the same two agents, they're not even, they're trying to look inconspicuous like they're not following me, but <laughs> they've got uniforms they showing on. up and, <laughs> yeah, and standing around following me, basically. So they weren't doing a very good job of it. And uh, eventually I get all the way down to the very end, to gate one, and I loop around and come back and pass one of the guys that's in the that's been following me down. I'm like, hi. And I think it just it shocked him because he looked at me kind of starry-eyed and was doing his best to act like he wasn't paying any attention to me and looking <laughs> around at the crowd and not just me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I knew exactly what he was doing. And so I walk away, and then a, uh, a third TSA agent shows up, and she starts writing things down. And so I uh, walk over there, and, you know, she asks me, why are you – what are you uh, recording? I said, oh, I'm not recording. I'm uh, streaming live to the Internet. (laughs) Just to let them know that, you know, that's a common tactic that the police depend on. Well, we can arrest this guy. We can seize his camera, erase all of his footage, and problem solved. We can do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. So it set the precedent that, uh uh-oh, if this is live, then we can't, you know, act up too much. What are we going to (laughs) do? And then... uh, the one guy that I had passed earlier, 
I said, uh, hi, what's, what's your name? <laughs> and he, uh, he said, my name. And I said, yeah, do you have any ID on you? He goes, you want my ID? <laughs> I said, yeah, I want, I want to see your ID. And he says, well, why? So, well, you might be a terrorist. You got the terrorist beard going, and I, I just want to make sure. <laughs> well, he didn't think that was too funny. And uh, he didn't answer me, and I you know, eventually said, okay, y'all have a nice day, and, and uh, walked away. And I'd like to point and out I that walk. these these people are are employed by American tax dollars, and you know most people here in the United States pay their these people's salaries, and they they refuse to report. They won't tell you they're better somehow. Exactly. Um, so I head back from we're down at Gate One still, and I start walking back towards Gate Sixty, and uh, of course they're following me, and along the way um, there's a another guy and they all have radios now so they're surely talking about me on the radio mm-hmm. so i start quicking him and pointing the camera talking about him and how he's using the radio and this shiny badge now to look like police and that sort of thing and so he starts following me now i've got four of them in tow and uh i make it down back to gate about 60 or so and uh i um stop in at Popeye's Chicken to get some chicken, and this lady uh, comes in, gets in the line behind me, uh, younger, like 30-something black lady. She's in some kind of uniform, and I said, uh, you know, this is probably the most exercise they've gotten in a long time, and she's like, what do you mean? So those two TSA agents over there that are, you know, trying to look like they're not following me, I've walked them all the way down to gate one and then back to here. This is probably the most exercise <laughs> they've gotten airport. in a long time. It is a big and, uh, airport. I said, you, you're, you're with them, right? And she goes, yeah, I am. And uh, <laughs> I asked her her name. She tells me Jeanette. Um, I tell, she asked my name. And she said, so, Sam, what you, what you doing here? I said, well, I'm getting some chicken because it's spicy and delicious. What are you doing here? <laughs> are you getting some chicken? <laughs> and she's like, well, I, I might. And, you know, I kind of keep this banter up. Uh-huh. And she starts then asking, well, are you flying out today? And said, well, I don't know. I guess that depends on you guys. <laughs> and uh, she asked where I'm going to, and I'm not answering these questions and just sort of skirting them. So I get my chicken, I sit down, uh, I eat, and when I get up to leave, turn around, there's uh, two cops there now, and one guy is talking to a, uh, a suit, a guy in a suit. So this is the one of the uh, higher-level TSA agents. The first thing they do every time I uh, have gotten in any kind of encounter with him is one of these guys comes down, gets on the phone, and he's on a conference call with his higher-ups, you know, giving up-to-the-minute reports of the situation. Mm-hmm. And so he's there on the phone talking to the two cops. There's about five or so TSA agents standing around off in another kind of circle. And so I go to walk and get on the escalator, and he says, hi, how you doing? I said, I'm good, thanks. Keep walking. And he says, hey, I need to talk to you for a minute. I said, oh, no, that's okay. I'm all right, thank you. Have a nice day. He says, no, no, don't, you need to stay here. Oh, boy. <laughs> I said, oh, is that an order? He said, well, yes, it is. So they pull me off to the side. And uh, And you're see, recording the entire time, right? Like all of this, you, uh, you yeah. either got on your video, on your phone, or you had an audio recorder going. I started the uh, the quick video uh, on my phone as I was walking out of the restaurant because I knew this was about to all go down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the whole time I also had a 
uh, MP3 on my armband that was recording the audio. So I've <laughs> listened to both. They're they're pretty good. I'm going to put them together in a uh, nice little video to show this incident. Excellent. And uh, so they get me over. The one higher ranking guy is trying to ask questions. Let me see your ID. And I'm, uh, you know, am I required to show you my ID? And the other guy has two stripes on his uh, arm, and uh, he's just a hothead. You better show your ID. And then they tell me that uh, once once I'm in here, you're ours, is what he told me. And uh, then the hothead jumped in and told me, you know, started yelling again. And uh, I said, no, wait a minute. I just want to make sure I understand that. You said that... Once I'm in here, I'm yours. So are you telling me you actually believe that you own another human being? We'll come Is back here in a saying? moment. Can you tell no, us? It? Hang on. Hang on, Sam. Hang on. Hang on. We're going to bring it back. We'll find out what they said to that in a moment, if you don't mind. More with Sam in moments. From the Obscure Truth Network, ObscureTruth.com is his website. Uh, enough time for your calls. We continue his uh, story of what happened with him and the TSA today. 800-259-9231 in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. You can still take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. Also, join Nick over at freemindsmedia.com and get yourself some more great liberty-oriented television and radio content in uh, both Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio formats, both available for free at freemindsmedia.com. In fact, uh, freekeen.com and Free Talk Live just re-upped uh, our advertising deal with Free Minds uh, TV and Free Minds Radio, which is great. It's good to be behind you guys. Yeah, and it's great to... Plug your show on their show. So uh, we're going to continue here with Sam from the Obscure Truth Network, uh, documentarian, videographer, uh, extraordinaire. ObscuredTruth.com is his website. You can go and see some of his great video work. And you're going to be uh, diligently working on some of the footage you uh, you recorded today at the Detroit airport as the TSA decided to uh, follow you around and uh, attempt to harass you. I guess they didn't realize who they were dealing with. Uh, you're, you're somebody who has extensive experience with uh, the TSA. And before you made the move to New Hampshire, you did a lot of traveling for your old career, and you would fly without showing identification, which obviously drew a lot of attention to you. Yeah, I did that about 30 times. So I've had a number of encounters with these guys, and I kind of know what I'm dealing with in, in a way. You know, it's hard to say exactly what, how it's going to go, but sure is a lot of fun. So after circling you um, like vultures for a while, they uh, finally decided to make a move on you and uh, demanded that you stay put uh, while they uh, started to, uh, I guess, harangue you. And at, at one and point... I want to point out, yeah. Ian, that it, it was 45 minutes that went by because I walked all the way from one end of the terminal from gate 60 all the way down to one and then all the way back. So it was like 40 minutes before the police even showed up. And if a terrorist knows that he's being followed, he's going to do something in that time. Yeah. You know, leave, go to the bathroom or whatever, something. And just the, the time that it took them to respond was amazing. <laughs> and they normally have cops in the airport, don't they? Yeah, the well, airport these guys were downstairs uh, going through people's bag, running the drug dog, which they actually called up on me later. Oh, okay. All right. So, so they they told you that once you get through security, that you're theirs. 
Yeah. And, and uh, so I asked them, you know, is, are you actually telling me that you believe you own other human beings? You, you own all the people in this terminal because they're, you know, inside the security, so they're yours, right? Oh, that, then I was twisting his words, and this, you know, wasn't fair. <laughs> and the hothead starts going off and tells me, look, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to get your ID. We're going to bring the dog up here to sniff your bags, and then we're going to search them. Oh, boy. And if you don't like that, you can either uh, – so you can either give us your ID or we'll take you to lockup. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I kept on uh, – I forget, I don't know all the details of the conversation, but this went on back and forth. I tried to slow things down as much as I could to ask questions and so forth. And they had accused me of uh, asking, asking sensitive security questions of the TSA, and that's unusual. So they need to check it out and know who I am. And the things I was asking was like, you know, when Jeanette in the line at the chicken place would ask me questions about where I'm going, I'd ask her, "Do you is the is the red team still getting through 60 to 80 percent of the time?" <laughs> right. You know, These are news stories. They just sent two terrorists in, <laughs> and uh, you know, so she had no response. So she would tell me, "Sir, you need to uh, check the website for any kind of." security bulletins or, you know, something like that. That was her response. Yeah. And so they accused me of asking these sensitive security questions. And uh, they did. They brought a dog up from downstairs, sniffing through people's luggage. Um, and then they um, searched through both of my bags. They wanted to – I'm still filming them. They're constantly telling me, like, on three different occasions, turn the camera off. The, the suit guy is on the phone and – pointing at me, pointing at the camera to them. And, you know, but he was standing out of my view to where I didn't see it until I turned. So he's clearly directing the cops, kind of get him to shut the camera off. We can't have this mm. shown. We can't let the people see what goes on in their own airports. Um, and they eventually tell me that, you know, once they get my, I, I did give them my ID. Uh, they ran that, took my drink away. <laughs> I made sure I could see my bags while they were searching through them. The and cops are. You'd already me gone through times. security. Right, at you this bought point. this drink inside their secure area, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's telling me if I don't back up from the dog, and I'm a good six feet away, that uh, they're going to arrest me. And uh, then they search the bags. I make sure I can see what they're doing as they're going through it. The one guy with the dog comes and stands in my way, and I tell him he needs to move because I can't see, and I have a right to see while they're looking through my things. Um, and then they say, you know, where's your boarding pass? It's in the bag. So they, as I walk to the bag, they, like, jump up and get in front of me, the, the hothead guy. And, and I say, well, my boarding pass is in the bag. Genius. And so then they, he steps aside. I get it. And uh, eventually they said, okay, you can go. Well, then most people would leave at that point, but that's when I start to have my fun. <laughs> and I take out my HD camera nice. and I start filming them from the seat. And so we've got two suits now. Another suit came down who seemed to be over the first suit. And uh, he walks away down towards the, uh, the screens for all the flights. And I walk up behind him, and he's making his way past the arrivals, down through the departures, and he stops at M for Manchester, which was my flight. Mm -hmm. And he's telling the people on the phone the flight number. And I said, huh, Manchester. I, I walked up right next to him. I said, huh, Manchester, that's, that's my flight. Are you talking to them about me? <laughs> 
and he gets extremely embarrassed by this and turns and walks away. Um, and then I, I go after the other people and start asking them, uh, you know, what, what is this really about? This is security theater. Uh, you know, you guys are not keeping people safe. And why is it that these new body scanners, why do you want to take pictures of naked children? <laughs> I mean, is that, does the TSA really need that to stay safe? Wow. And uh, they, they Man, get on the escalator. Yeah, they get on the escalator to go, and I'm walking beside them filming, and they're just stonewalling, not looking at me. And I said, you know, those cops said that when I'm in here, they own me. Is that what you're about, owning other human beings? And that's when he, or I said something to that effect, and that's when he turned to look at me like I could tell that hit him. And I said, Jeanette came back, too, the original lady. Mm. And uh, I talked to her and uh, left it with a friendly uh, goodbye. And then I went down to my actual gate, and about 30 minutes before the plane was about to board, the uh, these three TSA agents come up, and they've got their bend there, and they start putting their blue gloves on. And then one of the ladies was the first one that, I, that came over and talked to me with the camera. She sees me, gets a good look at me, walks over to the guys, and then they uh, pack up their stuff and leave. So and what, they were going to do some last-minute searches or something, or what? When you think that well, was yeah, they were they were setting up to screen the flight again, just right. like I had seen them doing when I had first came in and filmed them. But when they saw me, I think they decided to pack up and <laughs> must have thought, oh, you know, let's not let this guy make us look like yeah. a, a, an idiot again. Let's go screen another so flight. So they laughed. Wow. And, that's, and then you got on your plane and, and now you're back. That. Great story. And scene. now I'm back, yeah. So... Oh. I had an incident with a guy on the plane. He's, I was taking pictures because the police came down and searched my bag outside on the in, on the uh, ground before it went up in the plane. And he went up to tell the stewardess that I, you know, I, I'm not turning my phone off and I'm taking pictures. Mm. It just goes to show you how indoctrinated people are and yeah. how they think the TSA is really keeping them safe. I mean, good little you, citizens. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. These guys. They're not going to find terrorists, man. They they can't. They could. These clowns could barely find their way out of a plat paper bag. Well said, sir. I appreciate the call and the story tonight, and look forward to having you back in on the show here. Now that you're back in town. Okay. Thanks thank for you. the call, dude. Let's continue here. Go to an unscreened call on the amp lines. You're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Alex in New Jersey. Alex, what's on your mind tonight? I went to my uh, old middle school today just to like say hi to old teachers. Etc. And I found a very disturbing showcase on the wall hanging there, and they just brand new. They had pictures of Obama everywhere, um, drawn by students, and there was this the showcase on the wall enclosed in glass, and it's entitled "How to Pass." It says, "Show up, pay attention, do your work, and behave." And if if anybody needs any kind of proof or more evidence that schools uh, are trying to indoctrinate children, I think that's this is the most egregious example. I have I took two pictures of it and I posted it on the BBS in the issues forum. Hmm. So, um, you know, I I don't remember ever drawing pictures of presidents when I was in school. Um, I has anyone ever drawn a picture of a president, uh, a, a current president, as a, a class sit- assignment, a sitting president as a class assignment? I I'm wondering about this. Uh, yeah, I'm very uh, curious I, I myself. Hey, thank you, Alex, for the call. We're out of time, and it's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com.
Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. 